morning, church family. Um, we're reading from Jonah, chapter 1. Uh, Matthew's actually looking at 11 to 17, but he's asked me to read the whole chapter. And I'm reading from the NIV. Jonah flees from the Lord. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying for the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone below deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us, so that we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, Tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them, and they asked, What have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, What should we do to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man, for you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men felt greatly feared, And they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights to be continued. Shall we pray? Father, thank you for your word to us. Even if it's a familiar love story, we ask you will open our hearts afresh so we can be receptive of what you want to say to us and apply it to the lives we live today. Father, we ask you empower Matthew with your Holy Spirit this morning as he brings your word to the church family here. And most of all, we ask that you will show us Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pip. Good morning, everyone. What a lovely day, isn't it? I think we've had about four or five days in a row now, so I thought I'd wear flip-flops just in case we have snow next week. So, um, so 
But I'm, I'm one of those guys look forward to the sun, but then end up crying for the summer because I get hay fever. Any hay fever people here? So if you think I've got a, a black eye, it's not Theo scrammed me and I was rubbing my eyes last night. So Becky said, like, it looks like you've been punched. So this is, what, this is just what she gets to wake up to every day now for <laughs> the next few months. So uh, Today we're, we're, we're carrying on our series with Jonah. And if you're not aware of the story of Jonah, or maybe you're not part of the church, then maybe you might have just heard it as a story, as a kid's story, about this guy who gets swallowed up. Uh, by a whale, but we're in, this, we're in the part of the story where there's a storm, a storm comes, and so to start the talk is almost, we'll ask us the question, like what do we do when there's a storm in our life? Like what do we do when there's a storm in our life, in our situation, when things just go bad? Like when there's, a, when there's just all of a sudden life is a mess or you can't see tomorrow or you just get consumed? What, what do you do when like, there's a storm in your life? Like, do, do you blame others? Do you look, all right, then this is someone else's fault, like I'm going to try and blame that person? Do you run away in the sense of this is just too big, this is too hard to handle, I just got to get out of here? Do you maybe accept that it's your fault? Actually, this is, this is kind of because of me of what I've done or what I've said, and this is my situation. Or if it's genuinely not your fault, which sometimes handle uh, happens, like how do you handle it? And and if if you believe in God or you have a relationship with God, like how do you react to God? Do you trust God? Do you get angry with God? Do you blame God? Like how do we handle it? Because we all have storms in our lives, don't we? We all have situations in our lives, and maybe you're in a storm right now, and it happens to all of us. Sadly, it happens to all of us. But what do we do when storms come? And today is a story about a storm. And these are the verses that we're on today. So Alan started us off about three weeks ago, and then I spoke about two weeks ago. And then we come into this story today about the storm. Jonah did a runner from God. He was on a boat, uh, and he thought he, was, he, he got away with it. But then this storm comes, and Pip has just read the story. But, but verse 11 says this. It says... So they were in, the, in this boat, and it said, The sea was getting rougher and rougher. And so the sailors, who were, it was their boat, they were traveling, they, they said, So they asked him, like, What shall we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? They found out it was his fault. They realized the Lord had revealed it to them through casting lots. Actually, the storm was because of Jonah. They had been calling out to their own gods. The gods didn't listen or didn't hear and so they, everyone knew it was Jonah's fault. So what do we do to you to make this sea calm down for us? Because otherwise we're all going to die. And verse 12, uh, Jonah says this, Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. And so Jonah, these sailors and the Lord had revealed it to them through this casting of, of, of lots, that the storm was Jonah's fault. So the storm, the physical storm right now, was Jonah's fault. And the storm in his life right now was his uh, fault. And there's a little bit of hope here with Jonah, because he acknowledges it. He's like, actually, yeah, like, this is my fault. I've messed up. This storm is because of me. Like, he's come clean. He's been running away. 
he's been trying to sleep, but now he's finally come clean like this is my fault. And I don't know about you, but it happens in my life and maybe in your life. And maybe sometimes we see it in other people's, or maybe we see it on, on TV. It's ugly, isn't it, when someone or ourselves has clearly done something and they don't own up to it. When we're in the wrong or someone's in the wrong and they've done it, and it's clearly them, but they don't own up to it. It's ugly, isn't it? When they don't own up uh, uh, for it, when they're in denial, when they don't acknowledge it, and um, uh, when we don't say sorry or, tr- or try to make it right, or, or people continue in denial. It's, it's just ugly, isn't it? It's horrible to see that. And I know quite a lot of us are praying for, just an example, praying for Lisa in the nursery who works with Ruth and Suki and in Suk and Kathy and now in nursery, worked there for years. Just please continue to pray for her and her family. Like a few weeks ago, we might have seen in the news, it was, I just looked now, it's just after Easter, um, in the news story, there was a delivery, delivery guy in Cardiff who's, who's someone jumped into his van to steal his van and the delivery man got run over and was in hospital and sadly died then a few days later in hospital. And so that's horrific enough, isn't it? To like deal with that and to work with that and, uh, and to just live in that. So that's horrific enough. And yet this guy now is using the court system and pleading not guilty. Like people saw it, didn't I mean? Like they saw it happen and it's there. There's witnesses and they're pleading not guilty, trying to get out of this. And so there's, this, there's the pain of the loss of losing someone. And I know there's pain of, of going through the system with this person just kind of pleading not guilty. And that's just the pain of injustice. So please pray for Lisa and the family. But, but in this situation, finally, Jonah owns up. He owns up to say, look, it's my fault. But I would say, like, he didn't show repentance. He owns up, but he doesn't show re- repentance. And I've realized there's a difference between saying sorry and repentance. There's a difference between sorry and repentance. Sorry is something we often say when we've got been caught. Sorry is something we often say like when we didn't get away with something or we've, we are, we've been caught and we say sorry. But repentance is doing something about it, is changing our ways, is, is doing something. Do you like, I can, it makes me think when I was younger in school and you'd be arguing or you'd want to fight someone or you'd be uh, messing around with someone in a sport and the teachers would say, well, just shake hands. <laughs> like, you, you know you really want to fight that person or you're angry with that person, but you shake hands because, like, oh, I've been caught up. So, like, that's sorry. But then the next time, if I go and kick him again, like, that's not sorry. That's not repentance. So sorry is sometimes... It's just when we've been caught out, where repentance is acknowledging, look, like, I'm genuinely really sorry. Like, please forgive me. I want to change my actions. I want to make this right. May, let me make this right. And may I change my actions. So that's repentance. Sometimes sorry is just, oh, flip, I got caught out, so I better say it. And, and I'd say Jonah is saying more sorry than repenting. Because for Jonah to repent, he would have said, look, God, I'm sorry, like, I've run away from you. Please forgive me, like, I'm yours. I'll go to Nineveh. I want to I follow you and choose your ways and not my ways. Even though I don't want to go, like, I'll go, I'll serve you. That's repentance. Jonah said, yeah, it's my fault, so throw me overboard. 
Like that's what he said. It's my fault, so throw me overboard. Because he's almost like, I'd rather die than go to Nineveh. Throwing a saying like, I'd rather die than go to Nineveh. I'd rather die than do what God wants. Or I'd rather die than share God's message. But also, I'm not going to do it myself. <laughs> I want someone else to do it. So you guys throw me overboard. You guys get me out of this situation. And I, I was just reflecting on this. It made me think of, and even ourselves as well, me and Becky, like marriages here. Like, do we own it when it's our fault? As married couples, like, do we own it when it's our fault? Do we just kind of say, are we in a state of just saying sorry, paying lip service? Or are we looking to repent? And I'd love to say to all of you, like me and Becky, you've just absolutely nailed it in marriage. But like we haven't, I guess. For us, is that, and sometimes you kind of want to trump your spouse, say, oh, I'm right, you're wrong. Like I'm waiting for an apology. Or you live in this kind of level of just kind of sorrow you acknowledge. And if you live there long enough, your hearts will grow hard. Your, your relationship with one another will go, go cold. And this, I, found, I found marriage is almost continual repentance. And that's not like groveling, but that's like acknowledging when you've done wrong, asking for genuine forgiveness, and looking to make changes, looking to make changes. Colossians 3.13 says, and this is for husbands and wives specifically, be gentle, and this is for me as well, be gentle and ready to forgive. And listen to this one. Never hold grudges. That's, you don't want to underline that in your Bible, do you? I, never hold grudges. Remember the Lord forgive you, so you must forgive others. Remember the Lord forgive you. And, you, and so that's not, that's not justifying like abuse or in any way in marriage and now oh, I've just got to forgive him. No, that's not that because that's saying sorry. That's not repentance. But this is living in repentance in our marriages. So let's, let's look to do that in our marriages. And verse 13 carries on. It says, instead, so he wanted them to throw him over. But it says, instead, the men did their best to row back to land. But they could not, for the sea grew even wilder then, than before. And, and verse 14, then they cried out to the Lord. So they were calling on their own gods. But then they realized this, this, the Lord, Yahweh, was this one who's caused this storm. And so they cried out to Jonah's God, the Lord, and said, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man, for you, Lord, have done as you pleased. And look how morally better these guys were than Jonah. Like these guys, he, earlier we read that they called out to their own gods. And, and me and Becky have been watching a documentary on, on Vikings and how Christianity went up to north. But how the, the, these Vikings had many different gods, the god of the sea, the land, the sun, the moon, and they called on different gods for different reasons. It made me think of these guys calling on to the different gods, but all of a sudden, they're calling out to the Lord, Yahweh, for, 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 on behalf of Jonah. And today, we'll all have friends, family, neighbours, 
uh, colleagues who may be Muslim, Hindu, or Mormon, Roman Catholic, or a time, and at, at times their morality can be a lot better than ours. Like their behavior and, and their actions and their attitudes can be a lot better than ours. And, and sometimes even their, their faith or their desire for their God can outshow ours. Even though we believe in only one God, their faith or belief in a different God, what we'd say is a false God, their faith in that can sometimes outshow ours. And yet we would say they don't know the Lord and we know the Lord, but sometimes their, their morality, their character can outshow ours. And this is what happens right now with Jonah. And these guys now knew that Jonah's God like, was the Lord. Like this God was in charge of the sea. Like he was in charge of this. And they, they thought this, is a, this God is real. The Lord is real because of this storm. So they didn't want to mess with the Lord. They didn't want to just kind of throw him off and then the Lord be angry with them from their mindset. So they say, like, please don't kill us, Lord. Like, don't kill us. We're about to do this. And so they showed more repentance than Jonah did up to this point, even though they didn't know the Lord. Their, their kind of heart, if you can see, was in the right place. And, and you'll see how God touches them now. Because verse 15, they say that, but then verse 15 it says, Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard. And then it says this, And the raging sea grew calm. So they knew it was Jonah's fault because uh, they cast lots and revealed him. He owned up, owned up to it. Then he said, throw us overboard. They said, please, Lord, don't kill us. They throw him overboard, and then the sea goes calm. Like, it goes still. It stops. And then the sailors are like, who is this Lord? The one who's in control of all these things. And remember last time, um, about two weeks ago, I linked this story with Jesus. Jesus in the boat when he was in the storm. And he just said, shh, be quiet. And in storm, to the storm. And in obedience, Jesus was in obedience, he calmed the storm. But Jonah was running in disobedience. And so for him going overboard, like that stopped the storm. Where Jesus said, shh, in obedience, and then went back to sleep. Jonah's now in the bottom of the sea. <laughs> and now the storm uh, is finished. And like, think of other storms in your life right now. Or maybe a specific storm, if there is one in your life right now. And like, genuinely ask yourself the question, because it might not be. I find there's almost two reasons for storms in our lives. And one of them genuinely asks the question, like, did you make this storm happen? Like, is the storm in your life now because of what you've done or what you've said or because of what you've made happen? Because sometimes the storms is because of us. Like, is the storm, like, in your situation, your fault? If so, like, you've got to own it. If it's your, if it's your fault, like, you've got to own it. You've got to acknowledge, yeah, this is my fault. Like, I'm the one who's made this happen in my life. I've got to own it. It's ugly if you don't own it. You... It's just in denial. And also, don't, don't just own it. Don't just say, oh, sorry. Like, do something about it. 
Sorry is the start, but repentance is doing something about it. Otherwise, the storm will get worse. The storm will get worse, not just for you, but the people in your boat as well. The storm will get worse. My mother, and this kind of shows you maybe the child I was, she always used to quote to me Numbers 32, 23, when I wasn't a Christian, beware your sin will find you out. (laughs) I can remember that. She used to say that all the time. Beware your sin will find you out. And it will. It'll, It'll catch you up. If we think we can hide from the Lord or do things in our own way against other people, like beware your sin will find you out. And James 5.16 says, confess your sins to each other. So there's that confession, not like a priest in regards to getting to God, but confess your sins to each other, own it, and then pray for one another, and then you will be healed. So own it, pray for one another, and then healing comes through that. So if the storm in your life is, is, if, is of your doing, like, own it. Do something about it. Confess it. Ask for forgiveness. Do all that you can in repentance. Otherwise, it's only going to get worse. Or there may be a storm in your life right now. And this is the second reason why I think storms happen. Sometimes storms happen in our lives simply because of the sin in the world. Because there's sin in the world. Because it's a broken world or other people's sin against us, or against the country, or against the situation. So sometimes there's storms in your life, and it's not your fault. It isn't. It's a sin, the way sin has affected the world, or through someone else's sin, someone else's that, and there's a storm in your life. And if that's you today, even though it's sometimes not hard, even if it's sometimes hard because we think he's sleeping, like, know that Jesus is in your boat. Like, just know that he, take comfort that he's in your boat. And you want to shake him and say, like, wake up, Jesus. Like, do something about it. Like, come on. Like, don't you care? Like, wake up. Like, I'm going to die. And maybe he hasn't, you haven't felt him wake up yet. But take comfort that he's in your boat. Like, he's in your boat. And he's with you. And you can know God in the suffering. We pray for healing, don't we? But like we can know God in the suffering because he suffered for us. The risen Jesus now, the resurrected Christ, who is on the right hand of God in all glory, still has the nail-pierced hands. The one who suffered for us. And I just want to... I'm nearly coming to an end, but I have got a bit more to do. But I just want to pray for people right now who's in a storm of like sickness or prolonged illness. Maybe you're just like, you're in a sick state or you're ill and it's not just like a cough or uh, you just have bad shoulders. But like this is prolonged. This has been happening for a while now. I know many people here with just like chronic fatigue or effect from even our time in, in COVID or where they reacted to the, uh, coronavirus now, like long COVID or, or whatever, or other people just seeing early now, like with Dan not being able to, like, like you're just in a period right now and the storm is just kind of, feels like it's just carrying on. It's like, a, a, like this long illness, long sickness. If that's you, 
If you're able to, can you stand? And we're going to pray for you. So if you're in a period right now of, of long sickness, of just long situation, then please stand and we're going to pray for you. And if, if there's someone next to you, then you can put your arm out on them or let's just pray for these people. Father, we, th- we thank you, Lord, that you're not, just in the, you're not just in this Bible story written thousands of years ago. Lord, th- thank you, Father, you're in the room, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You're not just in the boat with those 12 disciples back there, Lord. Thank you that you're in our boats, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that you're in our lives, Lord. And Father, we just call on behalf of our brothers and sisters right now. Stand in the room, Lord. Or people that stand in your own behalf of, Lord. Lord Jesus, we pray in the name of Jesus, the power of the name of Jesus, for you to touch their bodies right now. Lord, like the woman who had been bleeding for years, and just wanted to touch your hem. And the power went out to you. We pray your power will touch them right now, Lord Jesus. We ask for your grace to touch. Bring healing, Lord. Lord, clean blood, Lord. We pray you clean blood. Lord, we pray you bring back energy, Lord. We pray you take away long fatigue. Lord, in illness, Lord, in unknown illness, Jesus, we pray, Lord, you'll touch it, Lord. For your power, Lord, to touch everyone here who's standing, Lord Jesus. And Lord, we don't just say as a but or an and, Lord, because that's our heart's desire, so we pray for that, Lord. But we thank you as well, Lord, that you're with us in the suffering, Lord. We thank you that you're with us in the boat, that you're with us in the storm. And so I thank you that these people have known you in the storm, that they're holding on to you. But Lord Jesus, and we pray that they learn more about you and their character and perseverance will grow in that, Lord. But Jesus, we ask, Lord Jesus, you touch them by your power. In Jesus' name, Lord, let let them feel the power of your hem and bring healing in their body and stop that bleeding, stop this situation, Lord. In Jesus' name, Lord. Amen, God. Amen, God. Amen. Amen. And then verse 16, it says this. So they'd thrown Jonah overboard, and now he's gone, and the sea is calm. And verse 16, then it says this, At this, the men greatly feared the Lord. And when he says Lord there, like this is Yahweh, this is the God of the Bible, this is Father, Son, Spirit. There was many gods out there, but the Lord, Yahweh, is, is now this one they've just met. And it says, And they offered a sacrifice to the Lord, 
and made vows to him. Like, amazing. <laughs> These guys are just doing their job. A runaway guy comes on them in disobedience, and now they're worshiping the Lord. And like how these sailors move from fear in the storm to now fear in the Lord. They move from fear in the storm to fear in the Lord. Just as the disciples did in the boat when Jesus calmed the storm. They're like, who is this guy? Like, who is the Lord who calms the seas? And, and, they, and they've, they've almost like their story is like many of our stories. Like they lived their own lives. They experienced a storm. They worshipped or called out to other gods who could not help them. They tried to save themselves by throwing out the cargo or sorting out their lives. Then they met a follower of the Lord, even though the Lord, this follower was in disobedience. Uh, and he, but even in Jonah's disobedience, they saw the power of the Lord. And then they feared the Lord, and then they made a thanksgiving sacrifice to the Lord, and then they made vows to the Lord. That, that's an amazing story, isn't it? Like, that's a baptism story, isn't it? That's amazing to just see that. And God wants to use us in obedience to bring people to him. Doesn't he? That's what he wants. God wants to use us in obedience to follow him, to bring people to know him. And this is no excuse. To, so let me make that clear. This is no excuse to what I'm saying. So don't get any ideas. But God is still God in our disobedience. So God wants to use us in our obedience, but God is still God in our disobedience. And so even if you are running away from him, his, desi his desire is even more than you, that he will look to bring others to mercy like he did with these people. So even if you're running away in disobedience, God will still be God in looking to bring people to him. I had a friend who, uh, who got a a non-Christian girlfriend, and he ran away from God with this um, for many years. And every time he, he had a bit of a drink problem as well, and every time he'd get drunk, he would talk to his girlfriend about Jesus. Like, he would get drunk, and he would, like, talk to... It was almost like, do you know when, like, he hit rock bottom? Like, that's where he... Almost like his heart came out in that sense. So he ran away from God. He got, he got a non-Christian girlfriend... And every time he got drunk, he would tell her about Jesus. And here's the irony. She ended up becoming a Christian, and then she dumped him <laughs> because he wasn't following Jesus. And, and I don't know, I am, no, but sadly, I know the guy isn't following the Lord, but I think she's going on now. And, and that's what happened. Like, if we run away from the Lord, God is still God. He's still God. And we heard two weeks ago, God doesn't need us. He wants us. If we're not part of his story, like he will use other people. God doesn't need us. He wants us. And so he wants us to use us in obedience. But even in disobedience, God is still God. And final verse, verse 17. And it says, and now, so he was in the, he was in the water. And it says, now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Uh, and if you think, oh, no, if you're not a Christian and you just come here and think, right then, now this guy has gone crazy, he's talking about 
we actually, for Alan's baptism, I can remember we showed some current stories, even the last hundred years about people who have been swallowed by whales for like one or two days and then come out. So this is, this, we believe this is true and Jesus caught it as well. So the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. And remember two weeks ago I said, like the whole story of Jonah is a story of mercy. It's not just the Nineveh part, like it's all about mercy. This is all about mercy. Like if Jonah was thrown into the sea and it calmed and then Jonah died, then we'd say this is a story about judgment. Like this is a story about God's judgment. But God sent a whale in mercy. Like the whale swallows Joel like in mercy. Like it's mercy that, that causes this whale to keep Jonah alive and to give, the whale gives Jonah more time to repent. Like that's mercy, isn't it? The, the, the whale is a mercy whale in that sense. Like it gives Jonah more time to repent. And here's an encouragement, but also a sad reality. If you yourself today Maybe today you're in a state of running away from God. You're physically here, but actually spiritually you're, you're totally different. Or yeah, you, you're physically here, but spiritually different. If you're here today, or you yourself, or you know or love someone who's running away from God, who ran away from the Lord, but they are still alive today, you're still alive today, like they or you are still alive because of the mercy of God. It's because of the mercy of God. And you or they could be in a whale right now, but he sent the whale for mercy. You're living in the mercy of God and he's given you more time. You or them, he's given you more time to come back to him, to come back. But here's the sad part. Sadly, some people die in the whale. And that's the, that's the tragic part. Some people die in the whale and they never get to chapter two. And Jacob's going to talk about chapter two next week, the prayer. Sadly, some people go to the whale and they die there. And instead of receiving the mercy of God, they receive his judgment for not accepting his mercy. And in all of this, even though Jonah is disobedient, even though he's got a bad attitude, even though he did so many things wrong, like all of us, for even with all that, Jonah could be a picture of the Messiah that would come after him. Even Jesus quoted Jonah, which we, we end our series with, but Jesus threw himself into the fury of God's storm to rescue us and people who are far from away from God. Jesus died, not because of his, son, his sin, but as a result of my sin, of your sin, of the world's sin. So Jesus was thrown overboard in that sense. And he was buried for three days, like the whale. Jesus uses the picture, the whale was, was three days, three days and three nights. But Jesus rose back to life to give good news. And we'll soon find out what Jonah did as well. And so, as, as we finish this, let's just, if, we, if we've made storms in our lives, like, 
please don't go tomorrow and carry on like own it look to repent if the storm in your life is your situation like make a change own it or if there's storms in our lives which isn't then be encouraged that Jesus is in the boat with us and also by all of this this isn't just a story this isn't just a historical figure this is a picture of Jesus and the mercy of God who continues to pursue us and that Jesus in his life, death and resurrection can, can, uh, can save us and so we're going to finish now with a so- song The Blessing and we can only sing this song because of Jesus if it was just grown now we can't sing this song but we can sing this song because of Jesus so the guys are going to come up Father, we we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you pursued Jonah, even though you could have let him go off the boat and that would have been it. And we would have never heard of him. Thank you that you pursue us. So many times we've made things happen in our lives. But you've pursued us. And so, Father, we just pray for... Lord, if there's storms in our lives, Lord, and if we are the making of them, please, Lord, let us do something about it. Lord, help us repent. Help us not to say sorry because we get caught out. Lord, in our marriages or in our relationships, Lord, help us repent. Help us uh, look to change our ways by your Spirit. We need your help, Lord. We need your help to do that. Father, like we heard for, for people in the storms, of life help us know you're in the boat with us even if you feel like it feels like you're asleep or let us be encouraged that you're in the boat with us that if the storm hasn't stopped yet if you haven't stormed it yet let us know you're with us lord and thank you jesus that you are greater than jonah that you point back to jonah as a picture of your life death and resurrection that you are greater than the sign of jonah And now we can sing this because of you. We can can call on blessings because of you. Lord, help us be doers of your word. Help me, Lord, in my marriage, in my storms, in my situation. Lord, be doers of this world. Lord, do do a work in our hearts today. Amen.